Welcome to the Chill with Phil weekly podcast. Everything about e-commerce, digital marketing, growth hacking, strategies, and more. If you're passionate about these topics, you will definitely want to hang out with us the next hour. Now, here's your host, Phil Kiprianu. Hey guys, this is Phil Kiprianu live for Chill with Phil. Everything about e-commerce, digital marketing, affiliate marketing, and much more. If you're passionate like me, you want to hang out with us in for the next basically 45 minutes, an hour, because we are going to jam today with my good friend and uh, amazing coach, Chris Blair. What's up, buddy? Hope you're doing great. Um, doing great. Chris is in Nine. Japan. <laughs> Uh-huh. 9.10 a.m. here in Japan right now. Wow. And how's the weather outside? Uh, actually, it was warm yesterday, but today it's rainy. So cool. we're starting to get into the spring weather. So I'm excited about that. Uh, guys, a lot of people, there's one weird fact about Japan. A lot of people, for some reason, I don't know why, they're, they're under the, conce- the misconception Japan is warm year-round like Singapore. And that's absolutely not the case. Um, Japan can have a very cold winter. They've had the Winter Olympics here before. So from December, um, December, uh, January, and February are, uh, are really cold. I mean, seriously, you got to wear a warm jacket, gloves, and hat. Not as cold as, as, of course, Montreal and Quebec, which is extremely cold. But anyway, by most people's standards, it's cold. So um, then it starts to warm up in, in March. We have these weird we have these weird weather patterns where it'll be warm in the day, and then in the evening time, it'll be freezing cold. So, the, so one day you can wear a half shirt, and then by the time you need a down jacket. So it's crazy. And this is what Marches are like. Then April starts to warm up. But anyway, so we have all four seasons in Japan. And then in the summer, it's hotter than heck. I mean, it's so hot here. I want to tell you a story. I, have a, I, was, I wasn't planning to talk about this. This is off the cuff. My, my, of, you know, I thought my head is just, there's, there's a, I have a good friend here who's also involved in digital marketing. He's an Indian guy who married a Japanese and, and every year he likes to take his family to, back to India in August because he says it's, it's cooler in India than it is in Japan. In and now India is a hot country. <laughs> That's anyway. crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we have stream all four seasons here. Oh yeah, cool. I remember. I mean, uh, when I was in Japan, how crazy it was. I couldn't imagine that it was going to rain like that. It was humid. I <laughs> like that no. was bizarre. That was. That, how many years that? Yeah, Phil came in and we had a really unusual, weird weather. I think the gods, did, gods didn't like you for some reason. It rained every day you're here, and and by the way, it was the first time it rained during that time of year in like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> it rained every day. <laughs> That's crazy. But uh, we we had a blast there. Um, you were running the first Entrepreneur uh, Summit, Summit with uh, James Brown. In Japan, uh, met amazing people all related to digital marketing, e-commerce. And at this time, it was really where, um, you know, the early Shopify type free plus shipping, all this kind of stuff was rising. You know, it was we were really in the early stage in 2015 of that thing. And basically, we've seen together how it grew and now where it is. And now digital marketing e-commerce has changed so much for the past uh, three to four years now. 
and uh, and that's what basically I wanted like to start with because we've seen like the evolution almost together. We've been doing uh, e-, e marketing together. You were one of my former coach when I started doing a Teespring back then. So we uh, we had a chance, you know, to uh, to run some sort of tandem basically and see all these things. So I found out that it was a great uh, thing to have you today because we were going to jam about it, seeing like the latest change, where marketing is going basically in e-commerce and how to prepare ourselves basically to that, you know? Uh-huh. And since uh-huh. also you are still coaching a lot of students, you have your own platform also where uh, you continue continually uh, inform people, uh, tell them what's going on, and also teach them uh, on the latest strategies. So uh, you know as well what's going on right now. You have like direct feedback from your um, your students. So um, so yeah, I mean let's let's go uh, let's go on that and let's jam about it. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, so, so just as Phil mentioned, I have a unique perspective in the marketplace because a lot of people just focus on their stores. And so all they can truly see is their stores, where, whereas I have my stores. But you know, to be, I'm going to be totally transparent. I've been doing this e-com selling stuff since 2012. It's kind of – it's a grind for me, and, and I – I need human interaction. I love, and I actually came from a teaching background. I started teaching English in Japan right after I graduated university. So I really like the teaching and, and interacting. So once I became good at e-com, I started teaching and, and I've been doing that ever since. And, and it helps drive me, keeps me in the flow. And so I have a mastermind course and group of, you know, 400 people in the group. And then I can see, I'm in there answering questions every day. Plus I have some private coaching students where I'm literally seeing their stores, their results, their ads. So this gives me a lot broader perspective on what the truly the trends are um, versus uh, everyone else. So, this is right now we're at a pretty pivotal period of time. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the. I actually did a live stream video from yesterday about this. I'm going to talk about this again here. Okay, so guys, I can tell you from guys who've been doing this for for eight years. The there are certain trends in the market that never change when it comes to seasons. Okay, so January, February, and and especially January and February, but March starts to pick up. But January, February, and, and March are hard times to sell in. Okay, why is that? Well, the number one reason is because people spend a lot of money. They spend more money than they have. Put it all on their credit cards. This is I'm talking about the average customer. I'm not talking about the people, most people who have good jobs. I'm talking about the, the average middle class person, right? They they have a certain income, whether it be thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty six thousand dollars. They've got a mortgage. They've got um, car payments. They've got gas payments. They got food. So they ha- they have disposable income that's only so much, right? So. They go, when it comes to Christmas season, they spend beyond their disposable income. And they're usually trying to save for their retirement, you know, their IRA and all that stuff, right? So whatever your retirement package is, wherever the country you are, everyone has, every country now has a pension system. So so they're putting all this money in it. So they got the disposable income this, this much. Well, at Christmas time, they spend this much. Okay. And they, and they put it on their credit cards. And so they put it on their credit card. And so they're literally paying and usually they'll do, do, they'll try to split into two payments or three payments. So that, that, that vacation they took with their family, their, their whatever, right? Their, their presents they bought and everything. So they are literally spending in January, February, and March paying off the debt for Christmas, right? Of the disposable income. So it's hard to sell during that time of year. 
it's not to say you can't make sales because you can. In fact, some of my students have had massive success during this time of year. But the key to overcoming this time of year is to present a product or service. Right? I know there's people who are in the digital marketing right world on this. So a product or service that they must use now. So let's think about that. In, in a physical sense, for products, what would that be? Scarf, maybe gloves, jackets, those type of products that they absolutely have to use now. And that will motivate them if they think it's cool, they're interested in that one, and, and, and it, it ma- matches what they're interested in, right? They will buy that, okay? All right. So now we're, I, I, can, I got great, great news for you guys. We are coming uh, now um, into a good time. By April, most people are out of their Christmas debt. They got more. Now they suddenly got this money they can spend because they got the disposable income they paid off. They used, they paid off all their previous credit card debt. They're, the weather is getting good. They're, st- they're starting to be in a better mood. They're more in, this, in a more of a shopping mindset. And, and I'm, I can tell you that because from talking to customers, interacting with customers, okay. Plus, on top of it, you have two major holidays, okay? They're not holidays in the sense of days off, but they're events. Mother's Day and Father's Day are huge. I mean, massively big. Okay. I mean, this is an ex- this is an extreme example, and I'm not going to say you're going to do this because, I mean, this is not normal. But I just want to put out put something out there that's going to shock you and 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 that you make you realize how what's possible. There's one of our mastermind group members right last year who had a really hot. He, he, they hit everything right. I mean, they they. They have, they have the site set up right the way we teach, right? They, they do product research and development where we teach. They do scaling the way we teach. And, 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 but the thing is they had the right product. They had the right, everything was just a, a click. Okay. And so they had a mother's day product. that was this rolling, 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 making tons of sales, tons of sales. And then they have the, this weekend deadline, you know, cause every supply, supplier you work with, there's a deadline. Okay. We can no longer guarantee delivery for this, this event, right? Whether that be St. Patrick's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Thanksgiving, whatever. I mean, whatever holiday you have in, in Canada, right? <laughs> so there's a, there's a cutoff date where the supplier can no longer guarantee delivery for that. So this particular member of our group, right? I mean, you know who he is, right? And it's mind boggling, but I just want to point this out there to see, show you what's possible, right? And, and this, so you can think big, right? And not to say you're going to do this because again, it's extreme. I'm, I'm saying this with caveat because this is extreme, but on the Saturday, the deadline was was the weekends and the, and the Sunday. Saturday, they did, did $73,000 in sales in one day. And then the, the next day, $133,000 in sales. So $200,000 in sales in one weekend at like a 30% profit. Then as they walked away with $60,000 in their pocket profit in one weekend. Okay. Again, extreme. But I want to open your eyes to what's possible. Okay. So... Now, so guys, we got two massive events. We got the better shopping mood coming up here. So you really need to focus on, on testing products and, and, and getting your website set up right. Guys, a lot of people are, are really truly underestimate the way the website's set up properly. You know, getting your social media marketing going and just get everything in place so that you can take advantage of this season. Okay, so the, the good good the good times are coming, and that's uh, that's April, June, um, sorry, April, May, and June. Okay, all right. Then we, we head to a little bit of a lull, 
and and January, uh, July, and August, and early September, right? But but trying to get to the end of September, things have to change. But those are rough times as well. And, and September can be hard because people again they take vacations in August with the family, they pick up credit card debt, so it's not as bad as Christmas, but still it happens. So so September can be a bit slow, and then then you know. October, just so-so, but then, you know, when we get to the second week of October, we get the Christmas rush. From the second week of October, the Christmas rush comes. Okay, so how do you, again, so how do you overcome the, the July, August, and September? Those are, those are rough times. How do you overcome that? Well, it's the same mindset and, and, and methodology you got to think that you did at Christmas. What, sorry, Christmas, not winter. Winter, winter. What do we? What do I recommend you do with winter? January, uh, February, March. Offer products or solutions that they have to use now. It's the same thing. So, what kind of products can we sell in the summer? Right in July, August, they're, they're going to need for their vacations. Thongs, beach chairs. I'm just throwing these out there as examples. Hats to keep the sun out of their eyes. Sunglasses. So. And, and you're, if you're in the digital, I'm not in the digital marketing space, but digital marketing space, try to think of summer things that, that you know, would help them in their summer. So offer solutions or products that are for summer only. That's how you get people motivated to buy. If not, you know, and by the way, a lot of people say you should, de- you should, you should heavy discount all your products during this time of year. And I can tell you for a fact that that's a meaningless strategy. I've done it numerous times. I don't know if you have Phil have done. And if a person is not motivated to buy, they're not going to buy anyway. And the discount is not going to help them. All the discount ends up doing is making you less profit from the person who's going to buy that product anyway. Okay. Discounts work during hot seasons when you're, when you're trying to, you know, during Christmas season, when you got tons of products, you could say this is on 20% discount for a limited time. So they're already motivated to buy and, and you, you can push them over the top, but a discount to overcome the bad season doesn't work. What does work is again, what I just said, offer solutions that they have to use now that will motivate them to buy. Exactly, and, and of course we got the Christmas cut boom, which you guys know anyone can sell in Q4. Anyone, a monkey could have success in Q4 with a. <laughs> there you go, store. Exactly. Sorry. I mean, uh, it's just like I, I, th- I think you, you nailed that down because it's exactly the time. I mean, on my stores, it was exactly like that. It was exactly following January, and I was like starting getting sales mid and April up to July. July would have a down, then end of uh, August would start a be- uh, uh, again for uh, back to school, then down again a bit of, uh, of Halloween, and then after that, starting to sell like crazy for uh, Christmas, and it's like. People are waking up at that time of the year, and now they need their stuff. First of all, they need it fast, and uh, they're buying like crazy. And um, and you were you were saying something also about um, forgot that. Sorry, <laughs> I will get that back later on. But um, but yes, makes total sense uh, out there. Um, I think that the the yeah about like the. Um, 
the, the, the discounts, one of the biggest problems, and I think you nailed it again, is people sometimes tries to copy what's happening in retail, but basically retail strategies are not at all the same than e-commerce strategies. Beavers are totally different there. So they might see, okay, when I'm going into retail store in July, I'm seeing all this 70% off and things like that. But when you are in front of a store and you can actually go in and try something and and you might love it, you, you there's much more chance that your conversion rate on the store on the retail store is higher than on the than on the web because there's not such a distraction going around as when you are browsing on the internet basically. So it's it, the the behaviors of the people are totally different there and and it could make sense it could trigger the um, the needs of getting this thing because it's in uh it's discounted but on the web it's totally it's totally different there uh and like you say people might skip it because basically do they really need that or not they will not make the chance to buy it right now you know so decision the decision making is totally different sorry the decision making is to is totally different uh, on the web, you know. Mm, mm. It also depends on where the customer is coming from. Yeah. So I mean, most of us are dependent on paid advertising, okay? And 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 there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm I'm in that boat too. But with paid advertising, you're interrupting people, right? You're in, you're you're reaching out to them and say, "Here's my product or service. Do you want it or not?" Basically, I mean, the, that's that's what you're doing, right? Whereas if you're if you're on advertising on Amazon or even on Google ads, right, which is based on SEO, based on search, right, based on people searching, then those people are actually raising their hand and searching for an item themselves, right? It's the same same thing with someone who walks into a store, right? They walk into a store because they're interested, and a lot of people just walk into the store just to browse, just to kill time and take a look at what's going rolling around. But but there are still a number of people who go in there for the purpose of shopping, right? So. During a time when this, this downtime for shopping, right, the way someone shops on Amazon or even from Google search and the retail shop is much different than some, the way someone shops who's being just advert- hit with an advertisement unexpectedly. Totally. And the other thing also I'm seeing a lot is like people trying to force sales, you know, and it's like they're going uh, on the opposite side of what's happening and they try too much to go after instead of trying something else you know so if like we're saying we're in july it's not the time to sell i don't know whatever thing uh that just doesn't make sense for for that time but they're trying to push it you know they're spending money and they're ready to lose money for that specific item while they should either stop their ads you know just you know write on organic search write on your emails and things like that or just try other type of products that would much more make sense like you were saying solving a solutions or for the right timing or anything like that you know yeah that, that's 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 a, one of the biggest problems people have in the marketplace is they're trying to they're trying to get people to buy the shit that they want to sell Rather than trying to put their their mind in the cu- mind of a customer, and then try to think of things that they could offer that they're interested in buying. I mean, this is a mindset shift. It's key. Yeah. And then another thing, nothing that people make a mistake on is become emotionally attached to their products. Okay. 
This is a huge, huge mistake. It costs you a lot of money. Oh, why is this not selling? Oh, it should be selling. Oh, God, they keep, I'm running, spending more ads, more ads. Well, that is not important. What's important is, are you getting link clicks to your website? Are you getting add to carts? Are you getting good engagement? People say, tagging their friends and saying, I want some, that kind of data. Are you getting that, right? It doesn't matter what you think about your product. You may actually love your product. That is irrelevant. What matters is what the market responds. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of uh, print on demand suppliers who actually make their own designs. Now I know some of you people are doing jobs and people are doing print on demand. And, and but I just want to bring this up. Um, the print on demand example, because I see this a lot. And even today, a lot, I know a lot of people, they, they spend time on their own designs. Okay. They like to, they have graphic design ability. They want to save money on, on a hiring designer. So they design their own products. I personally think this is a mistake because after you spent 30 minutes to an hour to 90 minutes designing your own design, you have an emotional attachment to it and you start and you, and you get, you start to ignore the numbers that are right in front of your face. that are telling you that this is not a winning offer. I I, to I totally agree and uh, and it's a matter of numbers you know in terms of of getting that out and uh, and I mean I did that by myself I spent some time like $350 $1000 on designs and basically there were no there there, there were no uh, there were not selling compared to $15 designs that were doing a bunch and doing over and over you know so so and I was super emotionally attached because you know i was i was looking at the design i found like oh that's hot that should sell that is looking great but basically i mean like much more basic designs that's 15 dollar designs t-shirts were selling way much more than the these big beautiful one you know so there's also your own perception that could be totally off totally wrong with the market and mm -hmm. you spend all already too much money trying to to do something that you think it's it's really what people needs but in reality they don't give a shit let's say about it you know mm, mm, exactly um so another thing I, i see people doing is 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 you know you saw you saw tony's post in our group the other day the group you know just trying to copy what other people are selling Again, a big mistake. I, 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 I'm going to bring this up um, because I love, and I bring this example up a lot, but it was 2016. Remember those spinny dealies? Yeah, the, for the fidget spinner. Fidget spinner. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there was a couple of people who jumped on those quite early, right? They, they found it. They found that product. I don't know why they, how they came up with the idea or not. And they had a lot of success. Okay. And they were, they were selling the crap out of them i mean just selling the just selling huge numbers okay it was like a good handful of people like four or five people right and it was just at the time when these apps came out that allowed you to to basically do research through an app to go see what other other best-selling products are in other people's stores okay it was just That was the, the, these both these things corresponded right at the time. Up to that point, there was not pot, there was no app. There was an app for Teespring. There was an app for other sell, but there was no app for Shopify that allowed people to do that. And the the app developers, right, being the cunning cunning person that they are, they figured out you know certain trends in the codes of each Shopify store, right? Because let's face reality, there's some there 
in, in the back of Shopify operates, there's something that's universal about every single Shopify store, and they figured that out. And then after that, they were able to make these apps a lot of great. And 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 sure enough, the way people use these apps then and then today is completely wrong. Okay, and I'll tell you about. I'm not I'm not being critical of these apps. I think these apps can be useful. Let me point this out. For example, one of my good friends, our good friend Russell, right, is one of the creators of one of these apps and used properly the right way it's awesome but use the way that most people do and i told even Rick told us this, it sucks and it hurts people okay okay so what's the wrong way and this is exactly what everyone else did they 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 found out these 50 spinners are selling really well they literally I, there was this like a month, two month period where people were selling these apps and suddenly Thousands of marketers were selling the fidget spinners. All they did was just go out and say, oh, okay, that's the fidget spinner. And the market for it died. And I know guys who, who lost their shirt because they were saying, oh, my God, this fidget spinner had – there's one post out there that I remember seeing. It had 175,000 shares. It's a lot of shares and tons of comments. Why is it not selling for me? It's not selling for you because you just basically – you're like the sheep following the herder. To the slaughterhouse. Okay. So on any given product slogan or whatever, right? Right. By the way, there's, you know, on any given product or slogan, right? The first two or three people who get on it are going to have a lot of success. You'll face with paid advertising on Instagram. But then everyone else who jumps in the band are going to get slaughtered. Okay. So this is the wrong approach. Okay. So how do you use these apps? You use these apps to research and truly get to know your niche and get an understanding, a deep understanding of what your customers like, what kind of products or services they actually like, okay? what resonates with them. And now once you've got a deep understanding, then you are able to come up with your own more unique ideas. So if you use the app as a product research tool, to understand your niche so that you could then come up with your own unique, cool idea, you are going to be a winner. If you use these apps as a copycat tool, yeah, you may get lucky on an occasion, but it'll be short-lived because everyone else can go out and copycat too. And so you may have this short run, but keep in mind, there's another hundred sellers doing the exact same thing you just did. And then suddenly everyone in their ass, every other asshole in the marketplace is selling the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, that's that's the wrong thing. I've experienced that uh, personally in in both ways. So going after products before they were going to the market. So I had huge success since we were like very, very, very few selling it. And on the other side, being at the end of the tail and trying to sell something that was already oversold and trying to force it while basically people didn't give... A shit about it because they have already seen they were not interested anymore or they already bought it you know so it's like uh the best for sure is to have uh to be ahead of the curve if it's possible or to have something that is not too much competitive but evergreen or mm-hmm. the other thing is to have your own story about it to have your own branding so your own branding overbid basically the competition, the uh, and a- anything else that can go uh, against that, you know, because you know you can have because your brand is so good that people will care much more about your product than any other else, you know. 
So uh, anything else? So that's um, that's really the thing about that. But um, I totally agree. I mean, basically, people tend to. I, I mean, like anything, like we, we've seen that since the beginning. I mean, people were starting stores, uh, copying exactly what other stores were doing, and try to to replicate because also you know it's it's how it, it is. Um, uh, it is tough mostly. Uh, you know, it's like use that, use that template, use this product, start launching ads, and you know, get this result. But at the end, it's totally not that at all. You know, mm, so it's you, not. It's not. You need much I mean, more. Thing- yep. You need a much more strategic approach to this. Yes, using this concept, but uh, doing also something different to differentiate yourself from all the rest. And when you think also about the numbers of stores out there, just on Shopify, there's over 600,000 stores. And I'm pretty sure that there's probably half of that at our drop shippers that are doing basically what you're doing and there's mm. at and there's probably brands on the other side and this is just on shopify not talking about woocommerce which have like millions of stores and all the rest you know so imagine mm. with who you are fighting against uh, by the way just so you don't 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 get too intimidated because just because a lot of these stores actually are there and exist I can tell you for a fact that the, a lot of people don't do anything. I mean, I was in I was in a conversation with with uh, uh, Brad, you know Bradley Long, you know Shoptimize. So I'm yeah. a good friend with uh, the Bradley Long from the Shoptimize theme, and he says that you know they have thousands of stores, but only a small number actually driving any sales at all. So for for some reason, people like to set up their stores just to have it, and they don't they don't make they make no effort at all. So. I mean, probably of, I mean, I, Russell told me that at one point there was about 30,000 stores actually making sales um, on Shopify, okay? So, because their, their, their app can identify which ones. It's hard for them to identify the exact number of sales, but they can identify stores that actually have sales and not have sales. So, even though there's 600,000 some stores, it's only some 30,000 of them are actually making sales, okay? So... And that could be for numerous reasons. One, some of the people that have no clue how to market it, and but but I but I think that's actually a small number. There's just a, there's a plethora of people out there who like for some reason to create a store, and they never do anything. They get distracted by life, they get distracted by their kids or work or whatever, and then it just sits out there in the cyberspace connecting dust. Yeah, <laughs> like the old site back then. Also, people were making pages online and they were not doing anything and not getting yeah. traffic. At the end, it's it's a bit the same thing. And also, like people like probably uh, you or me that add like at certain point, you know, tens of stores there, and finally we decided like to work on one or two and and focus on that instead of focusing on ten. So we let the other, you know, uh, sleeping, you know, out there. I mean, back in the Teespring days, I used to. Have have a dude selling many many different niches so right now i still have hundreds of fan pages but i'm only really truly using a few of them yeah so so yeah so it's basically the same thing um but the 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 other the other thing also going in is like there's much more advertiser also online you know uh, facebook was saying over a million advertiser i think it's probably much more now so the thing that is getting uh, that is happening is there's um much more people fighting to get in the in the feed a bit like on google you know you're you're fighting to get on the first uh on the top 
and it's a bit the same thing. You're you're trying to get on the top uh, uh, first fold, first ads of the feed. So um, again, you're and and there's other people that have much more money there that can spend much more, so they can um, get they, they can increase frequency, increase the numbers of products that they can uh, can be seen, and all this kind of thing. So it's it's getting competitive at a certain point. That I think that's oh. one thing, but if you're selling something that is relevant to the audience is where you can again uh, be able to win the game absolutely absolutely so that's that's the whole point of, of why we talk about you know get to know your niche master the niche I mean don't just know it don't, just don't know it know it lightly know it deeply and then reach the point where you can come up with your own unique cool ideas that's that is I mean there's a lot to that. But I mean, in a nutshell, that's what you want to do. That's what you're aiming to do. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, at a certain point, you spread too thin, and this is where uh, you get in trouble. Except if you have a very good team, and your team is able to handle uh, all these niche, all this uh, products research, and all this kind of uh, thing. But if not, especially if you're starting, is uh, is better if you focus. Yeah, probably at the beginning, you can you know try figure out what you fill your the best at or which niche you get most interest in but at a certain point after I mean you need to focus on one and be like you say the best and this will help also to create content around it because uh, one thing that people forget is it's not always about selling something but it's also about entertaining people getting them almost organically attached to your brand or your business so when you offer a new product you don't have to force this sell and uh, and force it to their uh, their uh, and and yeah and to force it to buy you know so it has almost to be natural there and they will feel the need also to buy from you because you're not again another store that tries to um, to get the sales you know they know they will benefit from for good content and good stuff around that. And uh, and and that's that's something important also when you're uh, when you're managing uh, social media around that and and all your your channels you know so same thing here if you're building something a brand or something like that which I highly suggest is is to develop a strategy of content that um, is everywhere also you know on your on your Facebook page emails and like I say content is not only about sales but about also educating people and doctrinate them also about what are what are your values uh as a brand yeah so basically and uh, and it's a bit uh, the same thing also you've been experiencing with your brand uh as well uh you know um entertaining people vi- doing videos uh posting uh regularly on your on your page and always try to bring the the algorithm back, favor yourself back, also in the feed by doing all this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, one thing I know is actually there's a whole new strategy which we're about to reveal to our, our group about um, how you can take advantage of, of your viral memes to make sales, and that's a secret strategy I'm only going to be sharing in, in the mastermind group. But anyway, um, regardless of that. Posting regularly is really, really, really critical. Okay, and the reason being is, is, is just from the practical standpoint, Facebook doesn't like 
and doesn't favor fan pages that are spammy. Okay, if you're just posting content, they actually measure that, and it affects your ads performance from that fan page. Okay, so that's you're literally going to save yourself money if you're just posting regularly because Facebook likes that. Number two is the more you post, right? A notification will go out to your fans, and, and and if someone, one of your fans, likes or comments on that post or shares it, there's going to be a notification that goes out to their friends that says, so-and-so liked this post, so-and-so commented on this post, so-and-so shared this post, okay, which is going to naturally bring other, their friends to come take a look, and guess, and let's just say you're in the, I don't know, let's just say something, let's pick something unusual, cricket. Okay, there's still there's a whole tons of people still like to like to sport cricket. How you can watch a sport that lasts for days, I have no idea. But anyway, so let's just but things. If 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 Phil's a cricket fan, what are the odds that his some of his friends are also cricket fans? I mean, who watches sports just by themselves? Right. So so who drinks beer just by themselves? Or who? The point is, they're very likely to have. The similar type of people as their friends. Similar as attract. Okay, so what's going to happen there is naturally you're going to get notifications going out. And they're going to come see your fan page. And they may like your fan page. And, and so even if they don't buy from you right away, they're going to get a familiarity with your fan page. Okay, it's going to build up what's called KLT. Know, like, and trust. And also, because these people have come to your fan page, because they've engaged in a in a post related to that topic, they're going to go into one of the the interest or keyword, whatever you want to call it, right? Targeting that Facebook has. Then you're going to hit them with an ad, and it's subliminal. They're going to remember. Oh, they're going to in their mindset. They're going to remember that fan page. And if if the ad comes from a fan page they're more familiar with. It increases your chance of getting a sale. So from that point of view, you're hurting yourself. And then on top of it, guys, yes, just having organic organic content brings visitors to your fan page. And then they go to that shop now on the page and they buy. So you you are really, really screwing yourself if you're not posting regularly on your fan page. It's, it's just a horrible thing not to do. Yeah, and, and it has to be taken as an asset, you know. Uh, yes, for sure, you don't own the data there, but it's still an asset in terms of engagement and leveraging your dollars from your ads later on. And um, we're doing like some tests right now on a very old page where I had like 76,000 likes there. And it was like posting. I mean, I was, I think I'm still posting on this page since 2014 irregularly you know and one post a, a day you know and um the other day for fun because we we're rebuilding a store around that page um i needed content so one thing i did is you know what instead of looking for content creator on upwork or on uh, um whatever freelancer.com or anything i said you know what i'm gonna go after my fans and i'm gonna ask them if there's anyone that is passionate that would like to write some contents for our new site and I posted on the Sunday uh, at I think 11 o'clock at night and in the morning I had already hundreds of people that messaged me on my inbox of my page and same thing 
uh, in the comments of the post that we're totally interested in being copywriters. I mean, basically, writers, article, our writers for our new project there. So that proves that if you're keeping your stuff active, there's uh, there's good things that can happen there, and this is literally saving me times. First of all, is the quality of the people that I'm getting. They're truly passionate about what uh, we're talking in this page. You know, it will be hard for me to find a copywriter, probably on Upwork, that is passionate that is, as these people. So that's the first thing. Probably I will not get the quality writers. I will get like good quality, but not probably premium. But one thing is I'm going to have like tens or 30 or 50 people that will write for me once per month. And from them, I will be able to take one article and almost I get this article posted one a day on my blog, on my uh, page again and things like that. And this will bring again other people that are super passionate about it, brings back, bringing back to the page, to the site and things like that. So I just can imagine now with all this content and driving traffic to this content, how relevant I will be and I will show how relevant I am to Facebook. And this relevancy will bring probably my cost uh, of acquisition of new customers or even sales super low compared to any type of ads I've been doing before. And just that because I kept like posting and engaging with this page for the last five years, you know? Yeah, so basically, we are going to go uh, forward and close the jam session with Chris. From there, um, Chris, thank you very much for hanging with, with us tonight. It was a real pleasure to have you as usual. And um, hope, guys, you, you enjoyed that uh, Chill with, with Phil episode. Uh, we'll see you next week for I another really one it. as well. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for on the, listening to the, to the podcast we play. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much, Chris, uh, for being there with us. Guys, see you next week. You've just listened to the Chill with Phil podcast with your host, Phil Kiprianu. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play and catch our next episode.